The Inquire Educator Summit is back for its third and largest edition yet, designed to be a festival of learning like no other. PIES 2022 features thought leaders like Dylan William, Kath Murdoch, Ron Rickart, Jim Knight, and Trevor McKenzie, and over 100 other educators across 10-plus unique session formats. Created for you to transform your practice, TIES 2022 gives educators like you opportunities to foster lifelong connections through an engaging pre-conference called Connect, learn new strategies at Learn, the main conference, and transfer learning to your classroom at Transfer, the post-conference. Head to www.toddleapp.com forward slash ties now to get your all-access pass. As listeners of the Recess Duty podcast, you receive up to 20% off on TIES 2022 passes by using the discount code TIES2022RDP at checkout. So hurry and get your all-access pass today. TIES is brought to you by TOTAL, an all-in-one teaching learning platform for IB and other progressive schools. Welcome to Recess Duty, a podcast for educators to come together to share struggles, but also celebrate successes by sharing stories and ideas in a safe and supportive environment to collaborate with one another. Here's your host, Levi Allison. Hey, everyone. This is Recess Duty with your host, Levi Allison. And today we're here with Brian Host, who is a coach and a leader in innovation and using technology to spark wonder. We'll discuss their journey and experiences in education. Thank you so much for joining us, Brian. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. It's um, exciting days down here in Australia at the moment. We've um, just reintroduced all of our kindergarten and year one back to school. So face-to-face learning has kicked off again. And um, yeah, next week we, we return our year two through to year 11. So exciting days. Wow. What an amazing accomplishment that is. I know everybody, especially here at Chadwick, was very excited to get our youngest learners on campus because distance learning is so much harder for them. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I know it was a big challenge for, for many, many people, but definitely our younger learners mm-hmm. found this really challenging. So as the, the students suddenly um, had the joy of seeing one another, it was one of those priceless moments where, um, yeah, there was kids that saw each other who haven't seen each other for um, in physical sight for four months now. Um, wow. That yeah, there was joy everywhere. That's amazing to hear. And I just, I think of us here in South Korea where we've been so lucky to be able to be on campus at some point, like because we're doing hybrid. And I do think it's we are rather lucky to be able to see each other because we haven't had to do distance learning for four months at a time. I don't think in a very long time, I think since the onset of COVID. So, oh, that's so much. I'm just good, good to hear that the kids are back on. So, Brian, what are you excited about at the moment? To to be honest, um, some of the things that I'm excited about is um, allowing teachers to take on many of the things that they've learned over the last four months of remote learning and actually start seeing them become part of their practice. Uh, a lot of teachers initially were terrified of remote learning. Yeah. Where conversations that, that I've heard numerous times over the last couple of weeks is teacher, many teachers are now on the other side going, we're feeling a little bit terrified about coming back to the classroom. <laughs> We've got so used to the way things have been. So yeah. um, it's finding 
the the great things from remote learning as well as the great things from face-to-face and actually doing a little bit like what you've talked about in in the hybrid style of things but blending those two together so you the transformation that happens in school it it gives richness and it's Mm -hmm. it becomes a unique community to be working in absolutely i've said multiple times on this podcast uh and asked multiple people what is something that you would like to continue doing from learning from this experience that you would like to continue moving after COVID because COVID will end at some point. We don't know when, but it will. What is something that you want to continue doing? And more often than not, it's always feedback, timely feedback, questioning, parent involvement. And it's just amazing that it took a pandemic (laughs) for us to really see uh, what are the priorities and what we really do. So putting that to you, Brian, what is something that you and your teams have noticed that you guys would like to continue doing? Well, definitely bringing that connection to family. At my previous school, that was something that um, I would be regularly doing, having virtual sessions, for example, grandparents who lived in the UK, um, reading books to, to younger students in my class. I would do that with other countries, have those global connections happening. My new school, that wasn't a cultural thing yet. Mm-hmm. Um, remote learning has actually opened up that that box, so to speak. And there, a lot of the teachers were going, how do we connect with grandparents? How do we connect with parents? How do we um, bring in connections from other classrooms? So um, those questions they started asking, they started seeing, oh, this is achievable. This is not hard. This is something mm-hmm. that... Um, any teacher, and I had one of my teachers who um, says she's not technologically minded in any way, but she she said, this is great. Uh, I can do this. I feel success. And that's what you want. You want teachers walking away going, I'm successful at this. I can manage this. This is not so overwhelming that I can't do it. And that's one of the, the silver linings, so to speak, of the last four months for us here in Australia is that we've now got teachers who feel comfortable and confident that they can they can use the technology that's available to them mm-hmm. to actually empower the learning of students and bring in the broader community because obviously we can't have the broader community come on site. So yeah. Yeah. we've got to look at ways to bring the broader community in in, in another sense. So um, things like transforming the way we do our presentation days and mm-hmm. um, assemblies, all of those sort of things. Looking at live streaming, we've had authors who come into the school and do live streaming. Um, so there's really there's so many options out there. Um, you've just got to be willing to explore. Absolutely. And I think, you know, in the Ivy Learner profile, you know, risk taker is one of the attributes that we're trying to give our kids. And I think there has been no better way for us to really embody being a risk taker. Because again, I think when this pandemic happened, I think every teacher had to turn into a YouTube celebrity and turn into a graphic designer within 24 hours. And that took a lot of courage. And I think some of us found a really strong niche that were like, oh, we're really good at this. I don't mind this. This is really working. You know, when you get on YouTube now, there's thousands of really amazing videos, specifically because I teach music, 
of really amazing resources that weren't there before. Or when you get on Seesaw and you see all these wonderful activities that are made using Canva and using power slides and just amazing products that people have been able to explore, like you say, and try new things. So it's been really great. The, the the term pivot was very much thrown around here in Australia. I don't know um, whether you guys got the same thing in Asia there, but um, yeah. yeah, we all learned to pivot very quickly and iterate and develop those skills. Yeah, I loved I, one of my uh, administrators. What he said one of the key words is flexibility this year. <laughs> We're going to be being very flexible in how we approach the learning, which mm-hmm. honestly turned out really well and we did some amazing stuff for our students and it was really great it was really awesome so what is something brian that you find as a google expert as a technology coach having probably have seen a surplus in your expertise being needed because of this what is a common myth that you've had to talk about shine a light to of what technology is debunking the myth that every student is a digital native um that very much um a common common belief however in reality it's not true students still need that that guidance that explicit teaching the the understanding and the learning around how to use technology and then Mm -hmm. create with it once they have that basic understanding yes they will run with it but often they need that that um that person at the shoulder to actually guide them and go you actually need to press that you need to use that this is how you actually navigate this and a lot of students um we we do it with the best intention but a lot of students get thrown in the deep end and just have that expectation go and write an essay and have the expectation that they automatically know how to to write the essay mm-hmm. where we've got to actually take a step back and go i'm as an expert um learner i've actually got to go through that process with the students and actually scaffold it it's from from a music musician's perspective you wouldn't just play um take a piece of mozart and put it in front of the child yeah, and absolutely. Say, you actually um backward map and go this is the end goal this is where Mm -hmm. we want students to actually get to let's start backward mapping and and planning out those those achievement steps and in my own case um where i actually am an inquiry based um, very much focused on inquiry-based learning i look at the work of people like kath murdoch and i actually go this is the process that she goes through to uh, dig deeper into inquiry so it can be in technology it can be in science it can mm-hmm. be in any area of the curriculum and where i do oversee curriculum in my school as as the coordinator of primary i actually am intentional about how do we not just teach what the curriculum says teach the content points but actually allow that authentic experience so students really make those connections across those klas and dig deep with that no, absolutely. And being a little vulnerable here, I have made that mistake actually just today about expecting my students to know how to duplicate a page on Seesaw as something as simple as duplicate, add page. I was like, oh, whoa, okay. 
let's rewind, <laughs> pump the brakes. Let me show you how to do this real quick. Okay, now let's go. And it was a really good, it was a, like you said, it was a good lesson for me because it was, I was just walking in there assuming they knew what to do because they've been doing distance learning for a year and a half now or hybrid. So, but you know, you do have some of those kids that just are not there yet and that's okay. We've got to make those little scaffolds for them. Brian, what are some challenges? Yep. What are um, some cha challenges for that? I suppose challenges partly come from where we sit as a teacher. Um, mm -hmm. Often we come from a position of this is how we've done things for, for so long. It's easy to do it this way. Yeah. Um, it's easy to have all every student sitting down in front of us and we explicitly teach for however period of time. However, we understand that students have a, um, they, they've got a, a time limit that they can actually sit and pay attention, yeah. so the attention span. So we've got to look at how do we take a large concept and actually make mini lessons and even micro lessons out of that so we can give them bite-sized bits of information which really hits the learning intention so they can go, and understand what the success criteria is going to be. So they can then go, okay, I understand the crux of this. I can now be successful at that. And then you go to that next level. And it's it's very much growing the learning rather than just mm -hmm. going, I'm the expert, here's the learning. You're actually doing that journey with the student um, and actually allowing them to explore their learning and grow their learning over time. Wow, that that was a really wonderful way of putting that. How do you have any resources off the top of your head that help your teachers or you plan those mini micro lessons to help grow your students' wonderings in learning? Um, resources. There, there are many things that are out there. There's nothing that will perfectly do anything. Yeah. A lot of, like I know the work of Trevor McKenzie and mm -hmm. the way he scaffolds a lot of his work um, has been really phenomenal and influential in the way I practice. Mm -hmm. um, in my own classroom, when I'm when I'm teaching students, I will always backward map, so universal yeah. design. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then um, from that, I will draw up my success criteria, my um, learning intentions, but I won't leave it at that. Often that's where a lot of teachers will park it and they'll go, okay, learning intention success criteria tick. I then go, how can I work with students to actually make these inquiry questions? I know Kath Murdoch, that's very much one of the things that she's very focused on is if students have a question, uh, a wondering uh, uh, inquiry, they're more willing to actually sit with that for a longer period of time. But if they if they just know, okay, this is what I need to do, they'll they'll quickly rush through that. And a lot of us have experienced that when we've we've seen kids, they they've got a checklist, tick, 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 tick. But if they've got a rich question that they're they're interested in, they will sit with that for hours upon end to actually problem solve. So that's very much how we do it. It it 
there's no perfect solution, unfortunately. I know um, a lot of IB schools do it really well and actually link things together using the, using the, the learner profile and, and the big conceptual um, learnings that actually go with it. Um, but, yeah, there, there's different ways and different, different strategies on getting there, but there's nothing that's perfect, unfortunately. No, absolutely. And, again, we're all on a learning journey of finding what is perfect and then we have to come up with a definition of what is perfect because what perfect for me in my context is going to be completely different what is perfect for a different context so what is your i guess my question is what has changed for your what has changed your mind about education over your various roles, various lessons, various planning. What has changed? How can you tell me about your story? Well, for myself, when I was going right back, um, probably about a year five student, I was very disconnected from education. I was not not interested at being school at school. I was at a school, very um, nice, beautiful community school, um, fantastic um, resources, etc. But I was very much not engaged. I didn't want to be there. Um, I felt completely an outsider within that system. Um, that was until I got to year five. When I got to year five, I, I had a teacher who, rather than just trying to teach the curriculum, spent time actually getting to know me and getting to know my, my other cohort of students. He discovered that uh, my, in my background, that I was you know, competing at a high level with gymnastics. And he also realised that I was very passionate about science. Mm-hmm. Problem, um, I was also very passionate about technology at this, that time, but I was never allowed to touch any of the school-based computers. So that was a constant protest, yeah. but that, that was just given to particular students. But he, he sort of went, okay, how can I engage Brian? So... I, it was a Friday afternoon. It was a science act, uh, afternoon. Um, he decided to actually um, adorn a science robe and actually walked out into the science dressed up like a scientist. <laughs> he didn't just stick it there. He actually then did a couple of cartwheels across the front of the classroom. <laughs> me sitting there as a gymnast going, okay, what, what's this guy doing? What's, what's actually happening here? That was probably one of the first lessons that I fully paid attention to. And it was that starting yeah. point of me actually re-engaging with education. I ended up, by the time I moved into high school, I had two science teachers who were also agriculture teachers that did the very similar sort of thing. They, they sort of really intentionally got to know their students and walked along their student, walked along the path with the students. I was blessed to actually have them guide me from year seven through year 12 and um, help get me off on the path that I'm now on. But I had to, like I manoeuvred in and out of education a few times, but have come back into um, education and into educational leadership. So um, I just had to wait for a lot of the education system to catch up to where my thinking was. Mm -hmm. And as as a leader, you probably have hundreds and hundreds of students that you're quote unquote in charge of. How 
how do you build that relationship with all these individual students? I, you know, as a specialist, I'm in, I try to build relationships with entire grade levels, but you have an entire school. I, one of the ways is as much as I can in the mornings, I actually get out the car lines, kiss and drop duty. And even though I'm not rostered on, I try and get out there and actually get to know um, the, the families, the students, and actually memorise the cars or vehicles they arrive in. Same in the afternoon. I try and do the same sort of thing. I'm out with students as much as I can because, yes, you learn things about students in the classroom, but you put them on the playground, you suddenly discover who they are beyond Mm -hmm. um, the classroom. The classroom, you can generally see um, what triggers their wonderings, what triggers their their desires and gives them that sense of awe. But you put them on the playground, you actually see their personalities. And that's one of the things that I, I've really loved in my, my role is actually being able to be present with students and, and learn about who they are. So, um, yeah, it, it very much is a, it's one of the things that I know in Australia, one of our teaching prof- professional teaching standards is our first one is know your students. And that's very much a key that's driver cool. for our government. Um, but it's beyond the government. It's, it's very much innate in me. I want my students to know they are known. I, I'm sitting here shake, nodding my head because I, I can't possibly agree more with what you're saying of knowing those students, knowing that they are seen and that they belong. And thank you for bringing up Playgrounds and Recess because that's a great segue to why I named this podcast as recess duty. You know, one of my favorite things to do is get outside and playing recess. I remember playing soccer with students who never thought I could play soccer. I don't play soccer well, but I definitely can kick a ball. And they thought that was really cool, which made me a little bit more connected with them or playing hacky sack with the kids in Kuwait and just realizing, oh, Mr. Levi doesn't only play piano he's not only the music teacher but he's an actual individual that cares and wants to get to know us and i think that is something that when we move on that we really need to continue to do because i do think it's incredibly powerful so brian where can people find you to connect with you if they want to continue learning with you um, Twitter is probably the best place that yeah. I spend a lot of the time working with people. Um, so host Brian at host Brian is my Twitter handle. However, I'm, I do use um, things like Instagram and, and also uh, LinkedIn. Those are the, the two other social medias I mainly operate on. Um, I do have a blog. Um, it's been a while since I've updated it uh, because I've been doing some other writings. However, mm-hmm. um, if you if you look up brianhost.blogspot.com, that's that's the blogs um, that I do have. Um, yeah, I, I try and connect as much as I can. I try and support educators from every sort of background. Um, I I actually um, am mentoring quite a few educators, not only just in my local area, but working with them internationally as well because um, I care for education and it it. It's not just caring in Australia, it's caring beyond Australia that's so so important. 
Absolutely. And I always find it really admirable when educators are supporting other educators. And when we, and I truly believe that when we all help each other, we all get better. When we all support each other, we all get better. And what better way for us to show compassion and, you know, camaraderie than helping not just the teacher next door, but maybe the teacher on a different continent also grow. And I think Twitter is one of the best professional learning platforms ever. I think there's great things, bad things, all the in-betweens. And I think it just makes you really think critically about what you do. And I do really appreciate what you do, Brian, on Twitter, because I have been following you for a very long time and I'm a huge fan of your work. Brian, what do you remember from recess growing up? From recess growing up, one of the things that I used to absolutely love is going on the monkey bars and hanging upside down on the monkey bars, <laughs> stop the swing, um, <laughs> and, and doing that and flying off it and doing what's known as a hock swing off it. Yeah. Um, I would do it quite regularly and terrify my teachers. I bet. Um, <laughs> and then mates of mine would do it and um, end up having to possibly go off in, the, in an ambulance um, because oh, they no. quite landed as well as I did. But, um, yeah, it, it's all fun. Yeah, no, I I never did that. I, I got to admit, <laughs> I've never done that. I've heard a lot of stories about recess, but that is not one I have done. Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you, Brian, for joining this week's episode of Recess Duty. Be sure to follow us in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our next episode. I'm Levi Allison, and have a great day of learning, everyone. Thank you for listening to Recess Duty. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, please share this podcast with other educators so they can join the fun. And that is the end of our Recess Duty.